Kansas City rolls out the red carpet for the NFL. Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. How did we measure up this week? And we take a look at the future when the crowds leave. What should our next big project be? Also this week, the new push to make Kansas City a transgender sanctuary city. And for the first time in more than 30 years, Kansas signs off on a presidential primary election. Is it worth the millions to bring you to the polls? This doesn't even make any sense at all. The people shouldn't have to pay for this. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees, the restaurant at 1900, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome, I'm Nick Haynes and glad to have your company on our weekly journey through the news of our week. It is a huge week for Kansas City and we have a mighty team of guests to connect the dots on what has been happening. They're at rival broadcast stations, but they're on the same side at home. KMBZ's Dana Wright and husband KMBC 9 news anchor Chris Ketz are with us. With all the anchoring coverage you're doing with this NFL draft, is this one of the few times you get to see each it, other? It, it is. and. Um... If we end up arguing on this show, I don't know that we've ever done this show together. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have. But if there's a disagreement between my wife and I, it is, it is likely to continue at home later <laughs> in the evening. So just a warning. No disagreement. The draft's in town. It's a great week. All righty. Also from a rival <laughs> station, we're thrilled to have with us from KSHB 41 News, uh, Kevin Holmes, anchor and reporter over there. And we're lucky this is one of the few snapshots of time when you're not behind the anchor desk this week. Oh, oh but we have plenty of time for that as well. All week we are. I feel like I'm tethered to the news desk most uh, of the time this week. I get it, I get it. And as two Kevins are always better than one, we're thrilled to have Kevin Collison with us, who, because the draft is in your backyard, you're covering downtown and some of the biggest development projects in Kansas City with City Scene KC. Thank you it's for being fun with to us. Be here. Alrighty, we're gonna talk first of all then, four years after being awarded the NFL draft, the national three-day football showcase finally rolls into town. Good evening and welcome to the NFL draft. Do you have any plans to go? It's here through Saturday. It's also already causing plenty of disruption from the Kansas City School District canceling its in-person classes and a lot of downtown businesses telling their employees to work from home to avoid the traffic snarls and parking problems. But in addition to seeing which uh, promising athletes will score a spot on a national team, there's an interactive football playground and plenty of celebrity watching. Move over Rihanna and your Super Bowl show. We've got the Jonas Brothers. And Motley Crew, Kevin Holmes, did we get the better deal on this? Oh, by far we did. You know, I'm, I'm rocking Motley Crew every day in my car on the drive to work, right? Especially over Rihanna. There's a, there's another benefit, of course. You know, don't you? Well, you were at the uh, Super Bowl. I that, was. You know, that costs thousands of dollars to see that. These concerts are all free, aren't right they? Right here in your own backyard. And I know there are some snarls and some problems, but what a great problem to have in our town right now. Are you even kidding me? This is a great problem to have. The Super Bowl fan experience. They went down there. Visit KC, Kathy Nelson, that whole crew went down there to kind of see what is this going to be like. Go. It is incredible. I'm not some huge NFL fan. I love football, but not all 32 teams. I, I, you know, and I went down there. It is so much fun. All right, now we've been told this event would be a big test of how we can handle a mammoth national event, but how did we do? Let's start at the airport. Former Chiefs player uh, Mitchell Schwartz took it to social media to say it's going to be a nightmare 
and an absolute zoo during the draft after enduring what he says is a half-mile-long wait to enter the airport to pick up guests just a few days ago. What was the experience for most visitors this week? Um, it's still a problem, um, but there have been instances, especially in the last couple of days, Eric Adler wrote a piece in, in The Star, and, and it was his experience that people seemed to get it. There was less sitting um, at the arrival section of the airport, but late on Wednesday night, there were still some lines as there were still a bunch of arrivals coming in at the last minute. So it is still a problem, even though I think airport police, that they've become more aggressive in terms of ticketing and even towing. You know, it is interesting. I hope at some point the folks at the airport take a step back and do a really thorough review of their operations and try to figure out what issues are there. I still think they have issues with signs. And, you know, occasionally there are problems with the traffic enforcement. They are getting better, but they shouldn't have been caught so flat-footed from the beginning. I think one of the issues is, though, you can't legislate common sense. Park in the yeah. cell phone lot until it's time to pick up your people. So many people are used to the old antiquated KCI where they can park there, leave their car, walk inside, and not get ticketed. I think, what, 200 tickets or fewer since they opened? Yeah. That's about yeah. three a day. Give more tickets. Hit them uh, in the wallet. Are some people though complaining that the cell, the cell phone <laughs> lots are full too? Yeah, yes, and I do think, think there are some plans to expand later down the road. We do need more spots. However, this is not a design problem. This is a Doris problem. This <laughs> is, right. I'm sorry, and this is a uniquely Kansas City local problem, Nick. People in other towns don't have this problem. Our midday host went last night, night before the draft, just to see. She goes, everyone's still just sitting there. And she said, I wanted to knock on the window and go, what are you doing? I, I just think locals don't get it yet it's been a long learning curve okay let's talk about the numbers we were told this is going to be a more than a hundred million dollar economic develop a benefit to kansas city and this is going to bring in three hundred thousand people yet you have to download an app chris Katz, mm -hmm. the one pass app from the nfl they said that about a hundred thousand people have done that so how are we going to get to that three hundred thousand and are we going to come short of that i am reminded of what our good friend and colleague michael mahoney said at this table what just a couple of weeks ago <laughs> he, and he had some he raised some doubts at the time that it, there would be a 300,000 crowd for this event. Maybe he's right. Um, as we sit here and record this program, we don't know what the final number is going to be, but um, I wouldn't get all that hung up on that number. I think this is all about Kansas City uh, front and center on an international stage and the kind of attention uh, that comes with it. It's it's the exposure for Union Station, for the National World War One Museum and Memorial. I think those are the things that are important. Here's the deal. On our newscast today, some people lined up as early as 5 a.m. to get yes. inside those doors. Yes. And I assure you, all of them hadn't downloaded the app yet. I went to a conference <laughs> last year in August where I had to download an app. You know when I downloaded it? as I was going into my first seminar. Right. I think so many people do things at the last minute. They wait until the day they're gonna go to do that. I think we'll also fall short of the 300,000 expectation. However, you know, this flower city is now being noticed. Folks are coming in and that is the huge benefit that you as, really can't measure. As long as this is a clean, well-run event, with few problems. I think that's also important. Okay, well. We've told this is going to be the biggest stage ever at the NFL draft, but yeah. does it matter if we don't get to the 300,000, Kevin? I think we're already reaping a huge economic benefit from everything. I know every hotel room in the metro is booked. Some people were saying towards the end you were having to pay 500 bucks to get a room. Uh, you know, the restaurants, I think we're already seeing it. Whether we hit that number, I don't know, but I do think right now already 
the economy has benefited tremendously from this whole thing. Now, we were told to expect protests, first over continuing anger at the recent shooting of a 16-year-old black teen who rang the wrong doorbell in Kansas City's Northland, then from Native American groups wanting to use the national spotlight to put the squeeze on the chiefs to change their name. But could we have expected to also be embroiled in transgender politics with calls for a mass boycott because the draft's presenting sponsor is Bud Light? If you haven't been following the story, a number of conservative groups have been urging fans not to go or watch the NFL draft after Bud Light made transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney a brand ambassador. This month I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Now, there are several stories that Bud Light has seen a 17% drop in sales since its decision. The company are now also actually dealing with bomb threats. Any evidence the boycott is going to depress turnout in Kansas City, no. Dana? And good God, have a beer, people. Uh, you know, the one thing I will say about sports is that it tends to be the great unifier in life. And so you can be sitting next to someone at almost any sporting event who disagrees with you politically or might disagree with you in, in any realm of conversation we could have, but we're all still there rooting for the Chiefs. I think at the end of the day, this is a unifying event for our city. Not that those issues aren't important. I just don't think we're going to see that. I think Kansas City is coming together for this event. I think even if there are protesters, you won't be able to see them. There's such a huge perimeter exactly. that's yeah. fenced around, and you have to have some sort of access via the app or, or registration, whatnot, that it won't really matter. And like Tom Pendergast says, the people are thirsty. They're going to drink regardless. <laughs> They're going to drink. <laughs> yeah, the the NFL right draft is free, but you don't get free beer and food when you're in there, though, oh, do you? They're going to pay for it. Okay, all right. <laughs> On this program about a month ago, longtime panelist Dave Helling said that when the NFL draft is in town, it would be the perfect time for the Chiefs to reveal its ideas for what should happen at the Truman Sports Complex. Now that the KC Royals are hell-bent on moving to a new home downtown, well, the draft is still going on. Any evidence a groundbreaking announcement from the Chiefs is about to take place, Kevin. I have not heard anybody say that they expect any kind of imminent announcement. Of course, this may air, and I'll be looking like an idiot. But uh, and we'll replay it right. again. The yes, next exactly. Week. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, in fact, what I'm hearing right now is it's becoming increasingly unlikely there's going to be a sales tax extension vote in August, simply because we're just getting too close to the deadline when that has to be put on the ballot, and nothing is going to go forward until we know what the Chiefs want, because this is a uh, two-team uh, endeavor to figure out whether we're going to be able to raise the sales tax or continue the sales tax. Does the fact that the Royals are having a lousy season also chill the heels of John Sherman to want to put this on the ballot? Or does the fact that they're having a losing season matter at all in their well, calculation? I think, a, I think winning baseball in this particular context helps. Um, but in terms of whether people vote aye or nay, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's that Bigger factor. I don't know if it really matters. Think about this. When you leave a Royals game, besides the Taco Bell and the Burger King, you don't have a place to get a cold sandwich even if you wanted to. And I think if you move downtown, businesses benefit from this, as do the Royals. It's kind of like Wrigley Field. You know, for decades, they were lovable losers, but they would sell out because there were so many businesses, restaurants, bars where folks can go and congregate before, during, and after the games. The Chiefs are going to be on the same question. And, right. you know, they are the glamour team right now. And I think they could... Uh, you know, pretty much lead any kind of a favorable vote because people just love how they're playing, and rightfully so. D Dana, we were told, again, the, that this might be the time of the, for them to make an announcement with regards to a stadium, the Chiefs, but it was also stated, there was a big editorial in the Star this week saying this is the time for the Chiefs to announce a name change. Any evidence that might happen? I, I still don't see it. I, I think that that is a tough sell in Kansas City because even though I believe, and I am full um, disclosure, 
Native American uh, all the way up and down my bloodline. I think now is not the time to have that discussion, and when I don't the time, think then? there's an appetite for it. I don't think this week is the time where okay. everyone is so singularly focused on everything good happening in this town. You, you hear the naysayers say that this was the chiefs had nothing to do with Native American imagery. It certainly grew into that, and I think the chiefs have done some things. You know, you're not allowed to show up wearing um, Native American headdress and, and those types of things. I just don't think this town has the appetite to change it. Now, whether or not the leadership does is another another question. But if you had somebody like Patrick Mahomes say, you know, this is time for a change, wouldn't that change the entire calculation on yeah, this? If, but I, I doubt if something like that were to happen. And to Dana's point, the Chiefs were named after Roe Bartle, then yeah. mayor of Kansas City, right? His nickname was Chief. So they've done stuff with the imagery, get away with the headdresses. War paint is eliminated right now. So I think as long as they make some of those concessions, some of these They're talks still banging will... the drum, though. And I'm curious yeah. about the drum. Yeah. What you guys think about the drum? Every time I see the drum and that image, I do think, think the maybe time, the it's time. Yeah. I think there will be conversations about yeah. that in the near future. Well, we mentioned the Royals going downtown. Hold the presses. Could there be a new site for the Royals to consider in Johnson County. Did you see this week? After more than a decade of broken promises, setbacks, the beleaguered Mission Gateway project along Shawnee Mission Parkway has gone into foreclosure. So if they can't move forward with plans to turn it into an entertainment mecca with a movie theater, zip lines, and laser tag, is this an opening for John Sherman to put a new ballpark over on the Kansas side of State Line and get the land for pennies on the dollar, Kevin? Well, they did try an aquarium a while ago, uh, you know, uh, but I, I, I really doubt highly. I do think, though, on a more serious note, this may be finally the kind of make-or-break point with this whole mission because <laughs> they, the developer been has been they, clearly... They've said, they said right. make-or-break, though, for the last oh, 10 I years. I know, but, I mean, what will happen is the banks will take over the property, they will sell it to somebody who can then have the wherewithal and ability to make something happen there. I mean, for all this time, it's been the developer in the town, the developer in the town. Now the banks are involved, and that's a whole new angle that, that could very well dislodge this mess. I have mess. birthed four children. <laughs> I have had two successful careers right there on Shawnee Mission Parkway. Uh, presidents have come and gone. What does this developer have on the city of Mission. What is it in the back of his office drawer? There is no way anyone else would have let this go on well, for 16 <laughs> years. Just do, you asked, what, should the Chiefs be there? Should the Royals be there? No. Just put a park there. We have to drive by that every single day. It's embarrassing. We've had countless generations that only know that place as a dump as right now. As a dump! Now. Yeah. And you know, while a seven and 19 Royals club could probably benefit <laughs> downtown, there's no benefit there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of the few people at this table old enough to remember when you could shop there. It was kind of I, I, I did shoot <laughs> shop there too. No, I, I shopped there too. And I, love, and I love the restaurants that were in there too. We loved it too. Now, in an interview this week, one city official said the NFL draft event is so big, it's going to take seven to ten days to restore Union Station and its surrounds to its pre-draft glory. Once that happens, we'll be asking, what's our next big event? What is Kansas City's next big project? Now, we know we have the World Cup in 2026, but is work on a new downtown ballpark going to come up first, or is it the push to cover the highway downtown and slap an urban park on top of it, Kevin? All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, the, the event with the World Cup is obviously going to be another massive infusion of people and attention to Kansas City. These other two are very much local issues. They're making progress on the South Loop deck. 
And, you know, uh, Sherman is going to keep pushing this downtown ballpark idea. So I don't think we need to make a choice. I think uh, because this is a growing, dynamic community, we're going to be able to go through all these things. I agree with Kevin. We have to note, though, this, this is a trial run. The NFL draft is a trial run for the World Cup. Yeah. You think about 2026, yeah. think about soccer being the most popular sport in the world. Half of the world watched the World Cup last yeah. time, right? And by the time the World Cup is here, we'll also have that stadium for the KC Current. We'll have several training complexes for several of the countries playing here. This is a trial run right now for the big event, but we do have to keep all those other wheels in motion. And, and don't worry about crowds coming for the World Cup. Oh, it's <laughs> They'll <not>. be here. <laughs> Does anyone else, though, feel like Kansas City is that town where you don't even know what you want until we have it, and then you go, oh, Precisely. yeah, that was a good idea. Everyone Precisely. complains all of the time that about true. the streetcar, the <laughs> airport, all at power and light. If you go back through the history of this town, you want the park over that highway. You just don't know well, it's it yet. A normal growing pains. Yes, think, it is. And once it's there, everyone's like going to go. Oh man, we should have done yeah. this years ago. <laughs> Chris, you did an interesting story this week. You were with George Costello going behind the scenes at Union Station, yes. reminding us that back in the '80s, this was shuttered completely. Oh, and this, know, we may not have even had this facility. Listen, that might have been demolished. Union Station, I think, is one of the great comeback stories of Kansas City. And there are those of us who, again, old enough to remember. When Union Station was was shut down, was empty, was falling apart, there was a Kansas City Star editorial, I think, in 1985, which said, "Just tear it down. Oh, yeah. It's been it's been a disaster. We can't fix it. Just let's cut and 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 move on." And thank God that didn't happen. Thank God for Bi State. And I think, arguably, right now, Union Station is in its best place in. Decades. And in 1996, of course, that's the first time and the only time voters in, on Ken, in Kansas and yeah. Missouri at the same time came right. together for a collective project and said we want to support it. And, Never and happened again, the though. The legislation no. is still intact, okay. by the right. way. Well, and, and what's really wonderful is it has become the civic centerpiece for the, all these major events. The Royals uh, World Series, the Chiefs Super Bowls, the huge 100th anniversary party they had. It is definitely Kansas City's pride and joy and place for people to gather and feel good vibes about our community. And if, and if the new KCI is Kansas City's front door, I would maintain that Union Station is its living room. Mm -hmm. And Kansas City PBS is its lounge. And we are thrilled to be part of that with you. Um, the NFL draft has disrupted a lot of normal life in Kansas City, including our parking lot right here. We had to post a police officer right here so you can even get here because people want to, want to cheat to get in our parking yes. lot to go to the draft. We're just up the road from us. But also it uh, cut decision-making at City Hall. This week's Kansas City Council session was canceled. That meant there was no action on a proposal this week to make Kansas City a transgender sanctuary city. Did you see that story? The move comes as Kansas and Missouri move to tighten restrictions on transgender residents. How would that even work, Dana? Well, first of all, I want to point out that sign that says don't legislate hate. That's exactly what they're doing. And if you look at the suicide rate, for transgender kids. Um, I wish they would look at those numbers instead of the numbers about uh, an athlete here or there. And I'm not saying that's not important. I understand that's a debate to be had. And Kansas Governor Laura Kelly, for instance, this week overrode on a veto uh, of a bill that will make sure that transgender Kansans have to go to bathrooms and locker rooms that fit their biological sex. That was a big part of a bill, will become law in July. Laura Kelly had said that, the, you know, this, she made a business case against this, saying, you know, businesses are not going to come here. But where's the evidence of that? You see a Panasonic 
Panasonic still moving forward with its plans in Johnson County? We just had the draft. World Cup is still coming here. Are, are we overstated what the impact is on business when these types of laws are put in place? I do think anecdotally that economic deve development officials will tell you that it makes it hard to persuade a company, a headquarters company, not a manufacturing plant or a warehouse, but a company that employs, you know, well-paid younger staff that they'll want to come to a place like this because they feel it's a hostile environment. And all you have to do is look at places like Denver and, uh, you know, California, as much as the Republicans love to vilify California, most businesses still like to be there because they like the business climate, they like the ability to attract good workers. And just on a larger note, it's just, Unfortunate, this is just another rematch of urban areas versus states dominated by rural legislatures. Yep. And you see it all over, particularly the Midwest, where you've got cities like Kansas City and uh, St. Louis and Omaha and Des Moines and Minneapolis dealing with legislatures dominated by rural interests who really don't seem to get it that the economic juice for their states come from these but, cities. But what is the evidence, though, it's actually hurting them? Because we, we other than the Olympics, we brought everything I, to town. I don't know that we know the evidence, it, because typically when, when states are trying to attract companies uh, to their particular cities, uh, to headquarters, as Kevin says, you know, we don't know really how those negotiations really go, whether we know when they're successful, but we don't know when they're a failure. While Laura Kelly, by the way, has spent much of the session rejecting pretty much everything lawmakers have sent to her desk in Topeka, she has approved some of their ideas. This week she approved the first presidential primary in Kansas in more than 30 years. After three decades, the state is abandoning the cumbersome caucus process and letting voters weigh in directly at the ballot box. Mark your calendar. The bill establishes March 19th of 2024 as the Kansas presidential primary. As it stands right now, there will be as many as 23 states, Chris, ahead of Kansas to vote. As it, is it worth the $5 million price tag uh, when what Kansans think may not matter much at that point? Well, it depends on who you talk to, I suppose. Uh, not that that's going to change the political outcome in Kansas at the presidential level anytime soon. You want to feel like matters. your voice matters, right? right? You know, and I think that's the talk right there. Now, before we head to our Big Story Miss segment, I have to say that last week's program, where we delved further into the shooting of Ralph Yarl, prompted the most polarizing viewer response I think I've ever had on this program in more than 20 years of hosting this show. Tony in Kansas City called it the worst episode ever. Pamela in Overland Park called it the greatest episode of all time. Now, are there any updates to the story this week other than Mayor Lucas continuing to appear on one national news show after another about this and Casey current players now wearing armbands at their games this week to support Ralph? No. We just wait to see what happens in the courts. A Which is not going to be until ju uh, exactly. June. Exactly. And a lot of folks, they don't realize what empathy what role empathy plays in all this. Instead of rolling your eyes, how about rolling up your sleeves and helping folks out in our community? The one thing I will say about Ralph Yarrow, God bless that child and his family. This week, I want to give a shout out to Staley High School. They asked everyone to send cards and letters, and they delivered the first batch to Ralph's family yesterday, and they wanted 2,000. Their goal was 2,000 cards and letters. They shattered that number, and all of that goodwill was passed on to his family yesterday. There are good people that do care in this community, so, but sometimes you got to look to find the light. <laughs> when you put a program like this together every week, you can't get to every big story grabbing the headlines. What was the big story we missed?
Was Travis Kelsey the biggest personality of the week as he brings Kansas City his famous podcast and the Kelsey Jam? Buried in NFL draft coverage, was Liberty Memorial lighting up? The Missouri State Board of Education shutting down one of Kansas City's oldest charter schools, Genesis, served some of the city's neediest kids. But state regulators say it repeatedly failed to meet academic standards. The NFL draft cancels this week's city council session. It's a reprieve for city manager Brian Platt, now facing an imminent no-confidence vote. Jackson County lawmakers hit the pause button on a new jail. They're now proposing a public vote on the project amid spiraling construction costs. And go ahead and throw away your Bed Bath & Beyond coupons. The retailer has stopped accepting them as it announced it's shutting down all of its stores, including its four in the metro. A going-out-of-business sale is now underway. Alrighty, Dana, I'm sure, I know you had a drawer full of those 20% off yes, bad bell coupons. Was that the biggest that story we missed? Not. Okay, please, I'm awesome. Please right. tell me that it's not the biggest, if okay. that's the biggest story in your world, I, you need help. I'm, I'm angry about it. I okay. did pick something completely different. I think we have to have a conversation after the draft gets out of here about how our cities and our counties communicate with one another, or in this case, do not, when an inmate that has shot three police officers in Kansas City, Kansas, and Wyandotte, goes to the hospital, ends up in Platt, and then walks out on misdemeanor traffic charges. This man is still on the loose, and everyone's going, well, we're gonna have an investigation and figure out how that happened. We have so many cities and so many counties in this metropolitan area. Can we not do a better job mm -hmm. keeping track of people that shoot at police? Kevin. I will go with the uh, Jackson County Jail story. I think Mike Hendricks did a great job in the Star the other day. It is just unbelievable. Uh, the incompetence at Jackson County. I, I really, I'm not a cynic by nature, but I'm just kind of getting more and more convinced they can't seem to get anything right, whether it's assessing people's taxes. But the fact that they have this massive endeavor, it's been looking them in the face now for a decade at least because of all the lawsuits, that they start a project and then they can't even figure out how big it's going to be, what it's going to look like, and where the money's going to come from. It, it's absurd. The news is just emerging about the passing of uh, a great Kansas Cityan, Carla Capo, mm. um, has mm. passed away. Um, he loved Kansas City. Kansas City loved him back. His civic accomplishments, the resume is as, uh, is as long as the river. Uh, he's somebody who will be truly missed in this town. Kevin Holmes. Dana, you stole my idea. However, I was also eyeing Kansas City, Southern, and Canada Pacific merging. Weeks after that merger, it's announced that there may be competition to that $31 billion merger as well to try and build another railway that's just as expansive as this one that now stretches from Canada all the way down to Mexico. Also, the deaths of Jerry Springer and civil rights leader, activist, singer, actor Harry Belafonte. Yeah. And on that, we will say, our week has been reviewed thanks to 41 News anchor Kevin Holmes and Kevin Collison of City Scene KC. And two to six weekdays on Dana and Parks on KMBZ Dana Wright and most nights on KMBZ 9 News, Chris Katz. <laughs> and I'm Nick Haynes from all of us. Every night. Every night. Well, you, you, don't work, you don't work seven nights a week, do you? I don't, Nick Haynes. I don't. From all of us here at Kansas City PBS, be well, keep calm, and carry on.